Mums with Hustle podcast, episode 126. I want to do it again. Welcome to the Mums with Hustle podcast, where you'll discover everyday mum entrepreneurs killing it in their industry. Learn the secrets you can replicate to create your own success with your host, Tracy Harris. This episode of the Mums with Hustle podcast is proudly brought to you by Social Connection and the Collab and Connection event that is taking place in Melbourne on the 5th of May, 2018. Now, this event is all about supporting small business owners, startup entrepreneurs and bloggers and biz mums wanting real authentic collaboration and connection opportunities. And you do not need to worry about the fact that you are just a startup or maybe you don't know how collaborations even work because that is exactly the mission of the ladies at Social Connection. And I am so excited to say, ladies, that I will actually be a keynote speaker at this event along with Jess Rufus from Collabosaurus and several other small business owners and entrepreneurs that have walked your path and have successfully used collaborations to help grow their business. It is all happening in Melbourne on the 5th. Head to Social Connection, that is C-O-N-X-N, socialconnection.com.au slash shop and you will be able to purchase your tickets. They have some at general admission and also some VIP tickets, which will allow you access to the Q&A with Jess Rufus and myself, as well as the networking event in the afternoon with drinks and nibbles. And I just can't wait to see you there. Now, I really wanted to bring you this episode about this particular topic, rather three topics, because I think it is so important that we as business owners, as entrepreneurs, that we have some level of transparency behind our experience. It's so nice to be able to be inspired and celebrate other people's business wins and have opportunities to learn and educate ourselves. But it's also equally as important, I feel, to share our frustrations and our struggles, our vulnerabilities and our insecurities when it comes to being a small business owner. I love to keep it real with the women in my tribe and I try to do that through all of my communication, whether it's in my emails um, or whether it's through my social media posts. I'm always writing from the heart and I invite you to come along on this journey of entrepreneurship with me. That has always been the premise of the podcast. And so whether this is your first episode or whether you have caught episodes of the Mums with Hustle podcast in the past, maybe you've listened to them all. Um, I hope that you know that I am just like you. Like I am not some exception to the rule. I started this business with zero capital, like no investors. It was just me doing my thing hustling in every spare moment that I could get in between nap times and breastfeeding and all of the craziness. I did also return to my day job, which was primary teaching um, for a short stint there in 2015. Um, You name it, like I am walking the same path as so many of you. So it is with complete love and honesty that I come to you in this episode as a bit of a mentor that is willing 
to cast a spotlight on some of my own entrepreneurial struggles that I have faced to date, some that I've been, you know, able to grow and and move away from and manage well with, you know, some outside help, hashtag therapy, and also some personal and self-development through reading and just hanging out with some really good quality people. And, you know, I'm going to touch on some stuff here today that are still a bit of a struggle for me. Um, And I do that because I just do not want to be that type of mentor that makes you believe in overnight success or that makes things seem like, you know, business is easy because it's not. But everything is certainly possible. And really, at the end of the day, success in life and business, to me, boils down to your own mindset. So today's episode is really going to be about the three things that I wish I knew about entrepreneurship before I went into it. And I say, you know, I wish I knew about them. Well, I'm now wondering, sitting here recording this episode, I'm wondering if someone did try to warn me about it. I'm wondering if I did listen to podcasts or if I did read books on entrepreneurship and these topics were discussed, but maybe I just wasn't in the right time and space to actually hear the message. Regardless, I want to be that mentor for you that just keeps it real so that I can guide you to having a really pleasant um, experience of growing your own successful business and being happy and successful in life and in your relationships, because that's what life is about. So before I share my three things that I wish I knew I would face as an entrepreneur, I kind of want to just put a bit of context around it and say that this is my personal take. Um, It may not be your experience at all, Um, It is also coming from my uh, perspective of being a mum, a mum to two very young children, a breastfeeding mum, someone that is working from home. And yeah, from the perspective of me being a startup myself. Now, the stuff that I'm going to share is certainly not limited um, to only being relatable to people that are just like me. For instance, I know so many high-level and super successful entrepreneurs um, that have done their thing for so many years, like they're really experienced, but they are still, in fact, battling or at least feeling the burdens and the effects of some of the things I'm going to crack open here for you on this podcast episode. No one is immune from this stuff. Um, whether you experience it throughout your entire business or entrepreneurial journey, or maybe it only crops up for you um, at different stages or different instances. I don't know. Everyone is different. But as I said, this is my experience and I feel it is so important that I share it with you. So the first one is mum guilt. Oh my goodness, I have experienced my fair share of mum guilt. And if you listen to last week's episode of the podcast where I had the incredible Kirsten Baus on. Now, Kirsten, if you haven't listened to that episode, she is actually a clinical psychologist and her speciality is working with mums and, and mums-to-be 
particularly the ambitious mothers. Now, she has the most beautiful way of, de- of describing the ambitious mother, but in a nutshell, um, they are the working mums or the mums that want to have a side hustle or the mums that are, you know, full on business chicks or boss ladies. And it's about navigating your way through life, kind of doing the biz thing and doing the mum thing and can they coexist and what effect does that have on our psychology and our relationships and, and yeah, why is it that we feel this desire to really be so ambitious and build something successful outside of the home? So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, that was last week's episode. I encourage you to check that one out with Kirsten Bass and also, you know, consider picking up her book. It is incredible. The Conscious Mother. Now, I know I'm not the only one that has experienced mum guilt along the way. Um, and it's certainly not something that only mums in business experience. Like there are many working mums that experience mum guilt. There are many mums that are stay-at-home mums that experience mum guilt. I think if you sit down with your own mum or a grandma or anyone that is even, you know, just 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years older than you, when you ask them about their own experiences of mum guilt, I highly doubt there's going to be someone out there that says, well, nope, I'm immune from it. Um, Yeah, so mum guilt is extremely real. And there was a time and it was just completely rife for me. Um, like everything, I was just so highly anxious and just so critical and just so fearful that I wasn't doing the mum thing right. Whether that came to sleep and settling, um, feeding, um, you know, daycare or should I be staying at home? Oh my goodness, like everything, like meal prep. Like I just wanted to be the best type of mum that I could be. And mum guilt really put a dampener on my early experiences of motherhood. And when it came to me having my own business, obviously I was plagued with some of the most common forms of mum guilt. I, I hear this a lot with the women that I work with um, and inside of my com- my online communities. I know so many of you out there are going to be like, yep, Tracy, that's me. Um, But, you know, when you work from home and your children are in your care and you're trying to grow yourself a business, um, it's very challenging. You kind of feel like you are asked to split your attention and you can have a lot of guilt around that, guilt around you know, maybe it is your, your, your packing orders or maybe you're wanting to go live on your Facebook page because you know that's something you really should be doing, but you've got the kids in the background. And so that makes you frustrated. And then you feel guilty that you're frustrated. Uh, or maybe it's a business call and the kids are preventing you from jumping on and having this business call, call without the chaos happening in the background. So you can get a bit frustrated or even resentful in that moment. And then again, you beat yourself up about it. Maybe you feel like you're spending way too much time on social media. I feel like mum guilt is just everywhere. Another great episode of the podcast where I've kind of spoken about this in great length is when I had my friend Jade Warren, aka Hipster Mum, join me on the podcast and she really took us to the deepest depths of her experience with mum guilt and experiencing like work burnout as well. So I'll make sure that I link to that episode in the podcast. 
because it is such a real thing. But I just want to let everyone know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like if you if you are seriously in the trenches at the moment with the mum guilt thing, even if it is the fact that you really need to work on your business or you need to go into the office for that meeting, uh, yet there's something happening at your child's school on that day, I want you to know that it's okay. Like it's not you and you're not failing. The thing that really stands out for me now is that we only feel that way because we are such awesome, loving mothers. We want to be the best possible mothers that we can be. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I don't think there is any shame in that. If we didn't give two hoots about that sort of thing, okay, uh, I think that's maybe something to feel to feel a little bit um, of regret about. But then you wouldn't in that case because you don't really care. What you can do when you feel this guilt crop up, okay, and this is something that has really helped me, it is just to focus on how much of a loving and incredible mum that I really am for A, even having these thoughts about mum guilt, and B, thinking about the quality of time that I'm spending with my children and my ability to be present even if they are in those smaller chunks of time because you do not have to be the type of mum that is happy to sit on the floor all day long and play Lego or play play Play-Doh or, you know, do all these fun play experiences with your child in order for that to classify you as a really good mum. And something that Kirsten Bauer says that, you know, really rings true for me is when she says that we don't even get these ideals and these worldviews and values around the type of mother that we should be from ourselves. They are always passed on and they're always based on somebody else's idea of what good mothering is. And it's just really important that we don't put on their coat. We don't have to wear that around if that doesn't fit us and that is okay. When it comes to mum guilt, I also also really think it's so important to understand that there will just naturally be times in your work or career or in your own business where work, life just demands more of you. I know so many teachers out there listening to this might be able to relate, um, you know, when you're in that peak season of doing assessments and reports and parent-teacher interviews um, and all of that is happening for you, obviously work, the workload then um, is really intense. And that might mean that your time, like you're, you're losing some time that you would obviously rather be spending with your family or nurturing a marriage or um, hitting the gym or whatever it is that makes you just feel your best. What I'm trying to say is it is just really natural to go with the ebbs and flows of our hectic lives. If you are a small business owner and you are in the thick of it, like with a launch, whether you're launching a physical product or a digital product, um, you'll understand this as well. Like heading up to any type of launch or restock is always really demanding and full on. And so I think we need to expect almost that there will be a slightly um, or even even a large um, amount of your time will be taken away from family and friends and other aspects of your life and that attention will be given 
um, to your business. Your business takes priority in that sense. Getting caught up in feeling guilty around that is just going to drive you up the wall. So I say, bugger it and learn to almost expect it and plan for it. When you know in advance you're going to be entering like a really busy period in your business. For instance, I just launched my biggest revenue generator for the entire year, um, which is my Instagram course. And I knew, like I had to literally forewarn family and friends that I'm going into beast mode for up to three months. I'm not going to be the best at returning texts. I knew it meant that I would have to put in hours of batch cooking so I could easily have meals at the ready and in the freezer. Um, I had to just do things to structure my home life and my social life to allow for this hecticness of launch. And I also had to just get really intentional with prioritizing breaks away from the business. So I would literally get out the calendar and I would plot in when we were having like quality family time days, um, when I was going to have time with, you know, to catch up with a couple of friends, when hubby and I were actually going to plan in our date because those were things that we just did not want to fall by the wayside regardless of how intense things got with the launch. So I even took, you know, the calendar out and I would plan in things to do with my self-care because I knew that would be really important. Um, I went and got my hair done right in the middle of the launch. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that. Oh my goodness, it had not been done in months. Really, that's just a first world problem. I can hear myself speaking right now and it sounds so silly to make that sound important, but to make me feel good at the time, it was important. If there's one thing uh, that I think that has really helped me with the whole mum guilt thing, it is having this trust in self. Like I know that I'm an awesome mum. I don't need this irrational voice in my head telling me otherwise and listening to that voice. I do not need to doubt that I love my kids. Oh my gosh, that is like, no, that is ridiculous to assume that, you know, I must love them less because I'm working or or whatever's happening. That is ludicrous. And just as I said, there'll be times in your business where the biz or, you know, times in your working life that your career demands more of you, or if you're studying, like, I mean, I even remember this when I was studying back at uni. Um, there was times when my study had to take precedence over everything else. And that idea of balance was certainly like questionable because every spare waking moment that I had was going into my studies. But you know what? The pendulum always swings and it always swings back to the other areas of your life. And you've got to trust that it will swing back that way when It needs to. And when it does swing that way, you will recognize that and you will be able to lean in and be most present in those other areas of your life. So although my launch for Hashtag Hustle was super intense and I'm so grateful, it was super successful, you know, the pendulum did swing the other way and I was able to have so much beautiful quality time 
after that launch, um, once the doors closed and just before we opened the classroom for the students in the online program, like we had so many family celebrations. You know, we had my mother-in-law's birthday in there. We had my own mum's birthday in there. I had my best friend's birthday um, within that week as well. And my beautiful boy, Ethan, turned four in that week. And we had three different celebrations for him. Plus there was Easter and a whole bunch of other stuff that was happening. So the energies definitely were able to flow and go into the family and relationship side of things. And it was so beautiful. But I just learned along the way to plan for this stuff and to expect it, to expect those busy periods. If you know that's when your mum guilt pops up, well, then I encourage you just to pull out your calendar and look at your social calendar, look at your relationships. I knew when we were sitting down to contemplate relaunching hashtag hustle that I wanted to be fully present for all of those birthday celebrations. And so that's what we did. We literally planned everything to do with the launch and execution of our course so that it didn't conflict with those really important family times for us. And then, as I said, I took pen to paper and I literally wrote or blocked out particular times and whole days where I wanted to dedicate um, time to family time or personal care or just have little breaks. And I think that helped tremendously. And I'm proud to say I survived the launch with minimal, minimal experiences of mum guilt. The second thing that I kind of wish I was a bit more prepared for or given forewarning about um, when it comes to entrepreneurship and just having your own business is the dreaded imposter syndrome. And I did touch on that a little bit when I was exploring my experiences of mum guilt just then. But basically, imposter syndrome is that inner critic or that negative voice, or some people call it the mean girl. Um, You know, generally, it is your ego. Okay, so imposter syndrome, inner critic, mean girl, um, all of that, the self-sabotage, all of that, comes from our ego. Now, a lot of people actually just think when they hear the word ego, they think, oh, that you love yourself or you're just too proud. Yes, that's definitely, um, you know, some symptoms or signs of ego taking over, but it also controls your level of fear. It controls your scarcity mindset. It controls your imposter syndrome. Okay, so all of these things come from ego. One thing that I have come to know is that entrepreneurship is always uncomfortable. You are never comfortable. And probably if you are, then you haven't really taken any bold steps out of your comfort zone in a while. And it's a bit of a reminder for you to do so. And imposter syndrome kicks in when you are feeling a bit uncomfortable. And it comes from ego, as I said. Now, ego is not all bad. Ego is there in all of us and it is there to protect us. It's there to warn us of any possible risks or dangers or things that might um, hurt us physically or emotionally. So ego definitely has a role. 
But what is not cool is when this imposter syndrome kicks in and we give it more time than it deserves and we let it freeze us from actually taking any bold steps and doing the thing that we want to do. Imposter syndrome basically is trying to keep you small. It's that voice that says you're not good enough, um, why would you publish that blog piece, no one really cares, or oh yeah, whatever, you want to go and start a YouTube channel, ha ha, no one's ever going to watch it, you're going to get zero subscribers, who are you to kind of teach that topic, you are not an expert, Um, what else does imposter say? Imposter syndrome says, no, that photo is not good enough to post to social media, Don't bother reaching out to that person for a possible collaboration. She's going to reject you. You're not worthy, you belly. You don't have enough followers. Like, oh, my gosh, seriously. Seriously? Shut the hell up, girlfriend. Um, Imposter syndrome needs to take the back seat. She needs to calm her farm, as I would say to my son. Um, But, yeah, it is certainly very real. So how do I manage imposter syndrome? Because hello, I'm clearly not immune. I experience it from time to time. Um, But I don't really let the voice get too loud in my head anymore. And that's something that I'm so proud of myself about. So for instance, when I feel like my energy is just a little bit negative um, and I'm I'm very self-aware, so I can almost notice when imposter syndrome is going to try to kick in. And so then I'm very aware not to, you know, look sideways, not to move my eyesight off my bigger picture, not to get caught up, you know, heading over and um, maybe it's someone on social media. Don't go and look at their stuff for X amount of days. Like you need to stay focused. Um Other people, you know, don't go and check out their YouTube channels or don't go reading their blog posts or don't go signing up to their mailing list. Don't go checking your unfollowers or your unsubscribers. If you are feeling not your best and you're feeling a bit vulnerable, like I'm sure there are things there that I just mentioned um, that you might be like, oh, yeah, that's a trigger for me. Well, if I did hit on any of your triggers, don't go and do those things. Don't seek out those things because that is when imposter syndrome is going to come and attack. What you can do, and this is something that I love to do, is go and just remove yourself from that setting. So if you are you know, working from home and you're on your phone and you feel the imposter syndrome kicking in, well, go outside, like literally change the scene, get rid of the phone, go outside, go for a walk or just lay on the grass, just go do something else, go play with your kids, go to Woolies and and buy some stuff, anything, just change the scene. That is a really big tip. The second thing you can do is go and practice a little bit of self-care. Now, back in the day before I was a mum, self-care, oh my gosh, I thought self-care had to be huge because it could be huge. Like I could have three hours at the salon or go and get my nails done and follow it up with a catch up with a friend. I mean, hello, now self-care is like having a shower and washing my hair or straightening my hair like hours or even the next day after washing my hair. Um, but it's in these little acts um, that, you know, or making a smoothie bowl or something like self-care does not have to be huge. Just know what little things 
make you feel good and go and do something nice for yourself. A third thing you can do for yourself when it comes to managing the imposter syndrome is actually picking up the phone or going out and having a conversation in real life with one person or with a group of people that can just understand and listen to where you are um, and then tell you like it's just it's BS, it's not true or they can just shed some light um, or they can kind of whip you up into shape. So that is another thing, hanging with people that are in your corner, focusing on the people that are in your, you know, in your arena, the people that are cheering for you. I shared an email with my tribe a little while ago about, you know, Brene Brown's analogy around the arena. And she kind of says, you know, everyone, you, me, everyone is in the middle of their own arena. And at any given point in time, we can turn and cast our eyes to focus on a particular section of seats in our arena. So there are the people that sit in the box seats. There are the people that sit in the critic section. Um, but there are also the people that sit in your support section. And every time, without a doubt, every time I have found imposter syndrome kick in, it is because I have taken my eyes away from the people in my support section and I'm focusing on the naysayers or, you know, people that have these unrealistic expectations or the critics. And no, that's not who you serve. That's not where your attention needs to be. You need to bring your attention back to your support section. And here is a practical little tip that I can share with you. So I receive so many... Um, beautiful emails and nice messages and handwritten letters from people in my audience. And I just want to say thank you so, so much to anyone that has ever taken the time to even leave me a comment on one of my social media posts that says, you know, that you've enjoyed something that I've put out. I truly, truly value those things. And even iTunes, like I head over to iTunes and I check out the reviews for this podcast and oh my goodness, I'm like, I'm blown away that anyone would take the time to head over there and leave me such a kind review. Like I truly, truly am so thankful for that. So these are just examples of people that are in my support section, like women in my own tribe. Like I've obviously got a very supportive husband. Um, I've got like my family, I've got some friends that truly get it and are just absolutely the biggest cheerleaders, like always asking about the business and how it's going. And, and that's not everybody. Like, you know, there are some people that, um, yeah, they don't ever ask. And that's like totally cool. Like we don't need to sit around talking about work or our business. Um, but I've got a really big crew of people in the support section. And so what I like to do with these reviews and with these letters and these nice emails, um, particularly the emails and the letters, I keep them. Like I have a folder in my inbox um, or I have a couple of programs on my computer that allows me to save the really kind words from people. And I read those when I feel that imposter syndrome coming in and it just 
fills me back up with confidence and with love and it lets me know that I am living on purpose. I am fulfilling a mission. I am helping change people's lives. And that just shuts the mean girl up. That shuts the imposter syndrome up. Now, I don't have to go in and do that too often anymore um, because as I said, I've just become increasingly self-aware and I truly believe like where focus goes, energy flows. If you want to make more room for love and light and positivity, um, then you need to be focusing on those aspects and you watch more of that will come your way. But if we're always going to focus on what we don't have and we're going to get caught up in comparing ourselves to others and looking on with envy and jealousy or what someone else has, um, we're not going to attract any of that stuff for ourselves. Instead, we're just going to find bigger holes and we're going to find more things that we lack and we're just going to be left more unsatisfied. And that's going to allow more room for imposter syndrome to creep in. I hope that I've been able to share some really practical tips about how I keep my imposter syndrome or my inner mean girl at bay and I hope that it helps you. We all need to be guided more by intuition and less by our ego. So, so far in a nutshell, um, yeah, this podcast is all about the things that I wish I knew before I started my business. Or actually, maybe ignorance is bliss. Maybe if someone caught me early on and they gave me this heads up, maybe I would have been like, oh, okay, no, starting your own business sounds awful. I'm so not going to do it. Um, Or maybe I thought, yeah, yeah, I know. This is probably what I thought. Um, That's cool, but I can totally do this. That's not going to happen to me. Yeah, right. Um, As I said several times throughout this podcast, it is no one is immune to this stuff, okay? It pops up at one stage or another. Um, And so, yeah, I've discussed mum guilt so far and I've discussed imposter syndrome so far. And now the third thing that I kind of wish I knew or at least paid attention to before I started my business is the fact that entrepreneurship can be extremely isolating, Can I get an amen? Like, especially if you are working from home, you can go like whole days or a whole week or even longer without speaking to anyone else in real life. Especially, I imagine, if you are a single mum or if you are widowed, or if you are married and, you know, doing the FIFO lifestyle, in those instances, like getting up and getting dressed and going to work is like a really social part of your life. And then when you take that away and you throw entrepreneurship in there, um, solo entrepreneurship, someone that is growing a business online there's there's no people and it is just incredibly isolating. You can find yourself becoming a hermit. You can find yourself becoming way, way introverted and sometimes just avoiding social interaction, even when it does present itself. And we all know, like one thing that we all know about habits is if you allow something to happen often enough, it becomes a habit and it becomes a pattern. And I feel like this is such a big thing for anyone that works at home. 
One thing you have to know about me is that I am incredibly disciplined, okay? Just because I work at home does not mean that I'm giving myself all sorts of flexibility to go around on my work days and catch up with people and have coffees or go shopping or take a half a day off for myself to go down to the day spa or go and watch a movie or whatever. Like if I'm on the clock, like if it is work time, it is work time, And it has to be like that for me because, you know, in the earliest days of my business, I didn't even have one day without the kids around. Um, Right now, I have three days a week to work on my business. And if you've been following me for a little while, you'll know that my husband actually just left his really amazing long career and well-paying job at Apple. And he left back in December to come onto the business with me. And we shared candidly a couple of episodes ago that we did not do that because we're like rolling in the money. Like it has given a hard knock to our family financially for him to do that. But um, it's a decision that we've made in order to make this business grow. So yeah, he's at home now. So the, I'm not so alone in the day, but I mean, let me give it to you straight. Like we have a bit of a powwow in the morning and then we separate, like we go and do our tasks in completely separate rooms most of the time. And then there are parts in the day when we come back together and we can have a bit of a chat. Um, but for the most part of my business journey, I have not had that sounding board. I've not had that person in the day. And I've had to be really rigid, not flexible with my work hours. And I've had to say to people, no, I cannot come out on these days. And I've had to say to my family and friends, just because I'm at home doesn't mean I can have a one hour phone conversation in the middle of the day. So please don't call me because I am working, like treat this like I am at work. And that is all well and good. Like that has helped me thrive and, and that discipline has helped me build this business incredibly fast. But I can also find myself sometimes just getting in so much of a habit of like saying no to social opportunities or even networking events sometimes because I'm like, no, I have to work on the business. And so I'm just very self-aware again um, of when it is that I actually have to say no and prioritize work time and when it is really important that I actually step back and be a little bit flexible because I need to say, okay, am I becoming a hermit here? Like maybe I should go out for that face-to-face biz chat with someone. Um, or maybe I should go to that networking event. Um, because especially when you run an online business, like I've got my online business, my mastermind group that I'm a part of, like with other entrepreneurs, that is online. So it's like there just becomes no reason to ever leave the house. Um, Is anyone out there like relating to this? Yes. And then you're at home with the kids. You're at home with the business. Like it all just becomes very home, 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 like very hermity. Um. So isolation is a really, really big thing. So the way that we combat that is we have um, business powwows with each other. We take it away from the home. So you'll often see if you follow my Instagram stories, you'll see that we are mad coffee geeks and freaks. Um, So we'll love to hit up some of our favorite cafes locally or go and have a business lunch every now and then. Um, together or even go and catch up with friends or other 
like I'll go and catch up with some biz babes um, on my own and I schedule those things in. So a bit um, similarly to how I spoke about how I manage the mum guilt and that work-life balance, um, you know, getting the calendar out and planning in those things in advance and giving them priority um, where, where it fits. That has really, really helped. So if you are someone that, you know, you find this isolation creeping in, I just encourage you to schedule that time in for yourself where you are getting outside, you know, going on a walk or being social and hanging, accepting some friends, um, invitations from friends or picking up the phone and arranging something or attending networking events um, that are happening in your area or even, you know, maybe it's an hour away and you have to travel a little bit. But there's so much value in attending these things so that you can connect with people in real life because nothing, like I am all for the World Wide Web, okay? Um, I think it's amazing for connecting people. We have never been so connected to each other yet so disconnected at the same time. And social, in real life interaction, like nothing can beat that. So, um, yeah, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm so thrilled to say that I am attending and speaking at the Social Connection event um, in Melbourne on the 5th of May. I would absolutely love to see you there. If you have ever wanted an opportunity to network and mingle with people that are like-minded, come along to the event. If you've ever wanted to learn the inner mechanics of what makes a good collaboration, um, even if you've never done one before, come along to that event. If you are needing to, you know, learn about content creation and you'd even love some digital assets for your brand that pack a punch, I'm talking like... um, professional headshots of yourself. Oh my gosh, that is so important. I cannot stress that enough. Um, As well as professional shots of your product being styled or worn by live models and, and, you know, people like that. Did you know, like here I go, I'm about to talk about my love of Instagram, but a photo with a face on Instagram gets 38% more engagement. Okay. So like we need people We need to show ourselves even and we need to show other people and happy customers um, wearing our product or using our product. It is so important. So, yeah, if you've ever wanted to learn about Instagram or collaborations in general, um, what makes a good one, how to start the process, what mistakes to avoid, if you're interested in being matched up with someone to do a really purposeful kick-ass collaboration, like this is the day for you. It doesn't matter if you are a brick and mortar biz owner. It doesn't matter if um, you are in the services industries or if you sell a physical product or you're e-commerce. Head over to Social Connection on Instagram. Um, But I'm also I'll link to everything for you in the show notes. It is so important. Don't let if you are in the Melbourne or Melbourne surrounds, don't let this event come and miss it Um, because yeah isolation is so real when it comes to business and entrepreneurship. And please um, do not let your imposter syndrome kick in and keep you small 
and, you know, tell you that, you know, you can't go, it's not for you or no one's going to want to connect with you or you can't go unless you have a friend or you can't afford it and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, try to just check it out and um, you're going to see how amazing it is and I can't wait to meet you there. So there you have it. In a nutshell, they're the three things, mum guilt, imposter syndrome and isolation. These are the things that I didn't really prepare myself for um, when entering this world of online entrepreneurship. Again, maybe people did warn me. Maybe I did read about it a thousand times, but maybe ignorance is bliss. And fortunately, I didn't pay attention to it at the time, um, but I've certainly felt it along the way. And to some degree, I still feel it. But as I said, not everyone, you know, no one is immune. Um, We're all just people at the end of the day experiencing this same sort of thing, regardless of how successful anyone becomes, like these things can kick in at any time. So I hope my truth and my honesty has helped you to feel less alone and hopefully you've picked up a few new strategies to try for yourself. If you loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Please head over to iTunes and leave me a review and then come over and find me on Instagram or over on my Facebook page and leave me a comment. Let me know that you listen to the podcast and and you connect with something that I said. I always love hearing and just connecting with the people that are listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Mums with Hustle podcast. Next week, I am actually going to have Beck and Cara from Social Connection join me on the podcast because I really want them to highlight how amazing and how powerful, purposeful collaborations can be when done right. So I'm bringing them here next week to chat to you all about it. Make sure you are subscribed to the Mums with Hustle podcast on iTunes because then these episodes, um, you know, you'll get a notification. They'll just be there inside of your podcast app and you can kind of just listen on the go and listen anywhere. It is so easy. Thank you so much. Have an incredible day or night and I'll catch you around. Stay happy in your hustle. <music>